Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We are your host, Al, myself, Anthony. And in today's episode, we are joined by Orlando Magic HQ writer, Kieran. What's going on, gentlemen? Yo. How are we doing? How are we doing? Good, good, and more good. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about Devin Kennedy being waived by the Orlando Magic. We're also going to be talking about some comments made by Kevin Durant. And how could we not talk about the first Orlando Magic game of the season? But before we get into the details, um, I wanted to touch base a little bit on some some national media, some and not really national media, it's not national media. Some what what would you call it? Worldwide advertising, branding, marketing, yeah. advertisement. Damn it, Paolo Bancaro got his own commercial, his own Michael Jordan commercial. I don't know if it's on the TV, so was it on the TV? Did anybody see it on the TV? I didn't maybe see not. it. I saw it. I haven't so, yet. I saw it on so we covered we covered this like maybe like a month ago, month and a half ago that we had like it, it was reported, but I guess it wasn't official. But now it's official that Paolo Bancaro signed with Jordan Brand, and they had this this pretty massive, crazy looking commercial announcing it, right? Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, the gist of it is pretty much um, Paolo in a diner meeting with Mr. H, who is, what is he, the the vice president, the VP of Jordan Brand, something like that. If I got something it wrong, like that. not bad. Something like I'm that. He's, he's a big head. He's a big head um, with Jordan Brand. Um, but they're pretty much sitting down, eating a burger, burgers branded with the, with the Jordan logo. And the dude is showing up late and pretty much saying, well, the, the last time that, you know, I, I the reason why I was late is because the last time I had this burger, great things happened. I don't know what it means. Al, you mentioned that you might know what it means, and maybe you can give us a little more of a backstory. But I thought I thought it was neat. I thought it was cool. Like, you look at you look at the Jordan brand, and you look at the names that are assigned, right? You got Carmelo, uh, Russell Westbrook. Blake Griffin. Maybe I should have started off with those names. Let's kind of move forward. We got Zion. Yeah. We got J- Jason Tatum. <laughs> Luka Doncic. So you got all these, you know, heavy hitters with Jordan. And Jordan doesn't just sign anybody. It's not like they got 20 million people on their roster, right? They they have a really solid handful. And now Paolo's a part of that name. He's a part of that list. What I find kind of interesting is the fact that Michael Jordan, who is a North Carolina Tar Heel, has a crap ton of Duke players on his Jordan brand for endorsements. Yeah, he does. He got Zion, he got Tatum, and now he got Paolo. Insane. But what, what do you guys think? Now that it's official, what do you guys think? If you didn't see uh, Paolo for his first game, um, he was rocking some Zion 2s, some Orlando Magic colorways. So he's he's definitely all out with the Jordan brand. But um, what were your thoughts, Kieran? I'll, I'll send to you first. What were your thoughts on the commercial? I thought it was cool. I thought I thought it was a, a nice little insinuation. Like you kind of, you kind they're kind of hinting at like, okay, this he's the next big thing. He's he's what's next? He's coming up. And like the whole time, you know, th- there was a lot of talk about Paolo. You know, he's gonna go number three. He's not a unanimous number one in his class. Obviously, we will get into what he did in last night's game, but he's looking like the best player in his class so far. And that commercial only kind of clarified that you know you're kind of getting like a very big deal you know i i think it's like they, they try to hint at the fact that what you said were, were um oh last time i was late to get a burger great things happen he was a big deal i'm pretty sure he had stuff to do with mj so he's probably insinuating that we're, we're waiting we're waiting on greatness that paulo is is the next the next big thing so I, I liked it. I like I like the creativity i didn't see any of this stuff when they signed zion or when they signed tatum when they signed Luca, that was kind of just you know basic branding stuff. This is the first time I've seen something like that where they kind of made like a a create a storyline when they introduced it because I know it was like announced. You know, Shams and Woj reported it like earlier in the summer, but now they made it like official. You're seeing it on all their branding. You know, Paolo's tweeting about it. You know, it, it's it's official. It's it's done. So 
I, I think it was really cool, and it, it definitely gave us some much-needed coverage because he seemed like for a while one of the least talked about number one picks. Like, you know, we're getting no national TV games after they removed the Thunder game. Um, a lot of people are just not mentioning Paolo. Oh, if you had an expansion draft, you would take – Luca, Wembenyama, all these guys, and, and no one seems to talk about Paolo. Well, the kid's ceiling is pretty damn high, if you ask me. And I feel like that, now that, that that train's starting to pick up, people are starting to notice, okay, this this kid's the real deal. He can be a for real superstar. Before, it was like, oh, it'll be like an all-star. It'll kind of be like a, a Blake Griffin kind of player. But I, I, I think that that is definitely helping the, the bigger picture of, okay, we need to push this Paolo agenda a lot more because – it's Paolo Bancaro. We we got a superstar in our hands. I think that contributed a decent amount to it. Being affiliated with Jordan probably helps out a lot because it's Jordan. Everyone knows Jordan. Everyone wants Jordans. So I, I think it was also the right business move for Paolo on, on his part. So, I, I mean, I, I thought it was a really cool commercial. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I know. And to, to clarify there, so, yeah, so Howard White, as they call him, H, is Jordan's brand VP of Affairs. Uh, and he is the legend to sign MJ to his original shoe deal. Um, like you said, the whole storyline is that this situation that they're playing in this commercial, him running late to a meeting, it's kind of what happened back in the days with MJ. He was grabbing a burger at this same particular restaurant, and he was late to MJ's meeting because of it. So now they're kind of recreating the story with Paolo being the centerpiece. Um, so like you said, I think the, the idea behind it is they have something uh, good in their hands by signing Paolo he is going to be hopefully legendary for them, also for the Magic. Um, so uh, keeping it short, really good commercial. I like the storyline. Hopefully it comes to fruition and Paolo is that man that that can carry the the torch for Jordan and for the Magic. So all this all this hype for Paolo Bancaro that we've had all offseason, right, from pro-ams to the big debacle of – is it going to be Jabari? Is it going to be Chad? Who's going to be the number one pick? Uh, fingers are being pointed at the Orlando Magic drafting Jabari, Jabari, Jabari. And last minute, nope, everything's leaning towards Paolo Bancaro. Fast forward, we're finally at our first game um, where Paolo is debuting against the Detroit Pistons where he's going off, he's going against the former number one pick in Kate Cunningham and the Detroit Pistons. And man, did my man Paolo Bancaro really back it, back back everything up, right? Sorry. If you're if you're gonna have your debut game as a number one pick, damn it, this is the way that you do it. So not necessarily the way that we wanted it to end. The Magic did lose against the Pistons, one thirteen, one hundred nine. I will say I was really impressed by Jaden Ivy. I thought that he was a really really he had a really solid performance. Um. And he was a player that I really had a close eye on if we didn't get the number one pick, right? We talked yeah. about we we talked a lot about man, could could this really be the the two guard that we needed, right? Obviously it didn't fall that way because we did get the number one pick and Paolo was was definitely that guy. And Paolo was the the shining star easily. Um Kieran, what what were your thoughts on the first game? I thought it was that probably, like you said, the perfect debut. You, the, the best debut you could ask for. Obviously, the win would be very nice. But if we're talking about individual performance, I mean, he had it all. He he, he was like an offensive hub. That He was that, that shot creator kind of guy that, you know, just giving the ball, get him get a bucket. And he did that. He got a bucket. Like, you know, almost every time that he wanted to face up, he would either pull up or he would go drive down the lane because he basically used all those physical tools that, Coach Moe's and, and well, everyone around them pre-draft was raving about, oh, he can get past guys that are too big and slow, or he can just drive on little dudes and bully them in the paint. He was doing all that, and we were kind of seeing it come to fruition, which made it that much that much more impressive. And he did it all without a single three-point attempt. Like, that, to me, is the craziest part. In today's NBA, I don't think I know of another person doing that except someone, another Duke guy, Zion Williamson, that's some Zion stuff to, to be able to get all those points and not have a single three point attempt. Like you're working strictly around the paint and the mid range. That's pretty impressive. If you ask me and, and, and also to, to talk on the playmaking, I mean, him and Franz, they were, they, they were, they were perfect. Like just the versatility between the two, we saw it in preseason, but like, you know, that's just preseason. You can't make a lot of speculations off that. 
this kind of solidified it. You're like, okay, this is going to be real. They're really going to have a lot of, of, of synergy on the court together. And and I noticed they had them kind of alternating units a couple times, but when they were playing together, the playmaking was there and it was really nice. It was really just a fluid basketball. So pretty much all you could ask for. Um, obviously the poster dunk, um, that would just drove everyone it's crazy. Just, I think that, that was just, the play that you, you needed. If, if he didn't have that dunk, I don't think his debut would have been as, you know, magnified as it was by the media. But because of that dunk, it was all over everything. Everyone's like, okay, we got to take notice. This kid just dropped a, a LeBron stat line in his first game. So that helped a lot. And I want to go back because, Al, I remember last week on the pod, you know, you said if you had the choice, you might have taken Cade. You backtracking a little bit? Of course he is. He's yeah. not, not going to admit it. It's a whole different thing, guys. It's a whole different topic because uh, our okay, team will be okay. totally different. Of course but, he is. dude, I, I will say though, Paolo's looking like a beast. I mean, I tweeted this yesterday. Um, no denying it. Like this dude is just getting the ball and saying, get out of my way. And and you love to see that as a rookie game one doing that. Um, and I love the fact that Mose has that trust in him to say, Hey, here you go, go and get us a bucket. Um, so to see that game one. It's incredible. Unfortunately, like Anthony mentioned, we didn't get the win. I really wanted that win last night because I think Paolo deserved it. The team played fairly well, considering the fact that Cole Anthony was missing. It was last-minute scratch-off. Jalen Suggs had thrown into the lineup. So it wasn't the ideal season opener for us. And even then, we got off to a great start. We were leading by 15 points after the, fir- um, the first quarter. Um, everything seemed to be going great. And then the Pistons kind of smacked us in the second quarter. And we could never really bounce back. But I will say, I mean, sucks in the in the in the third quarter. Who would have thought this kid just went I want to off? Talk about that. Yeah. Um, he was hitting threes. You know, step back, uh, really deep three pointers. What was it? Sixteen points, I believe. Eighteen points in the third quarter 18 alone. Eighteen and third. Eighteen. And I mean, third. because of him, we had a chance in that fourth quarter. So all the credit definitely goes to Paolo. Amazing, amazing game. But I will tell you, one thing for me was the fact that Sug started struggling the game, wasn't really hitting, really hitting jumpers. And then he said, you know what? It's like he said to himself, let me stop overthinking. I'm going to just jack up the shots. And they were all going in. Um, you, we kind of you know, saw that. You ahead. know what I like is that it was literally the same shot every single time. Like It was, mm-hmm. in, it was the same angle on the left side and the right side of the court. But yep. you can tell that that was that was something that he was comfortable shooting. That he worked on that shot all off season because it was literally the same rhythm, the same spot, and you want to see that consistency from Jalen because he's a player that did struggle shooting from behind the arc. So the fact that he's seeing that ball go through the hoop that way, huge. Now going into the next game, he's like, okay, if I was able, if he was able to have that much focus in that quarter, like we're we're not going to get that every game. Right. But if he can get that consistency and and really have confidence in a shot like that, Jalen Suggs is going to be all right. Yeah, that, that's like, exactly we, what I was saying. Oh, yeah, go like, ahead, go ahead. We've seen glimpses of this before. Right. So last year we saw in Toronto where he kind of took over there for, for a little bit and, and had a great game in Toronto. Then we saw it in Brooklyn where he went off and, and kept the magic in that game. They ended up winning that game in Brooklyn. He was a big reason why. Last night, too bad he fouled out. I think he could have really helped us down the stretch with his defense and probably pulled off the win. So, remember, Sucks barely played last year. And I will tell you, I'm one of the most adamant Magic fans saying we need a shooting guard that can score. But he's shown us that he has that ability when he turns it on. I just wish that he was more confident in himself to say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and score the ball. I think too many times he's kind of overthinking and trying to play make more than score. This dude can score the ball when he puts his mind to it. So it was great to see. Um, Kieran, back to you. I, I was going to say, like, basically what you said, it shouldn't the, – the thing is, he, it shouldn't be something he, he has to turn on. It should kind of be something that's always on. Like, he should always be aware, hey, I'm I'm one of the quickest drivers in the league. I, I, I can take tough finishes. I can take a lot of contact if I just maintain my lower body. I don't know if you guys saw that finish he had on Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart is no small dude. That's a big dude. And he took him – you know, body to body, full impact and finish perfectly. So that's another big part of his scoring arsenal. But if that shot can can really be real, that'll be a lot for our our confidence in him going ahead. There's a lot of people who are doubting Suggs, especially within our fan base, which is kind of discouraging because I'm one of the biggest believers in Suggs. And I really think that, you know, he, he's going to figure it out. Like he only had 
half a season worth of gameplay last year. Just imagine when the kid gets to slow it down and, and adjust to the NBA pace for real, no injuries or not a lot of nagging injuries kind of getting in your way. He'll be perfectly fine as an NBA player, already an elite defender, probably, in my opinion, a top 10 guard defender in the league already. I don't really think that one's up for debate. But And then you you already factor in the, that he is recovering. He's recovering from an injury. Like I know we kind of saw the same thing from Wendell where – God, he had one of the nastiest looking injuries last year, man. I thought he was another, you know, one year, year and a half type of type of injury, but he came back in like what four days. So if it really comes down to it, I, I feel like his toughness is kind of shown because I feel like an injury like that last year that would have kept him out for a while. I guess tanking implications and all that that does make a difference. But it's nice to see him come back because that was a diagnosed thing. That wasn't something that the Magic could just you know cook up as for you know just for excuses that was a real thing that he he recovered from in, in really quick impressive time and he's showing he's healthy if he can do this on a consistent basis there's no reason to doubt him okay whether he should start or not i think he i, I pointed out i think he's a clear starter i've always thought he was a clear starter it was always just about consistency he had an outlier poor shooting year that's not going to happen again it, it would take a, an atrocious amount of of you know, catastrophes within your season to have that experience again. It's not going to happen again. I'd say he shoots around maybe 29, 30% from three this year. I, I think that's realistic. I don't think 21% is ever going to happen again. I just think that's unrealistic. So you factor that in, you're going to see some improvements out of him. This was very nice to see. It was very satisfying to see as a guy who's always been a firm believer in him. So that's kind of my takeaway on his performance. Now, I, I I do want to take it back a little bit because there's there's two plays that I do want to talk about, and uh, it's really high, highlighting Paulo Bancaro. So you already you already mentioned that he had a, a really big poster um, in in the game that kind of went viral, ESPN, hoops hype, like everyone everyone is talking about that play and Paulo Bancaro. And we're gonna talk a little more in detail in just a moment about the records that he broke, but. Um, that dunk was was so insane. One because it felt like that play was all in slow motion. It was probably one of the slowest fast breaks I've ever seen. But yet, Paolo was still by himself. Like there was no, it was one on one. The my man's trying to take a charge, and Paolo said, "I'm I'm I'm going I'm going straight through you, right?" And the minute that he caught the body, dunked it on him, he landed. He he kind of did like a like a flex. Almost, he flexed on it. And, he flexed on and it. He, sure. he took, he thought about it. I know that he thought <laughs> about it because I saw the motion. He want he wanted to do the step over. He wanted to do the Allen Iverson step over. I he wanted to do it, and damn it, I know that the game was close. I wish that he would have did it and accepted the tech. Like I really, I, I think I, I think I his, took it. his teammate pulled him away. I think he was about to. I, I looked at the play. I'm like, he's about to step over he, this guy. He, like, I step over it. he thought about it. He kept his composure. <laughs> he's a rookie. I get it, but that would have been iconic. Him stepping over. Well, he like, earned rookie, the rookie game. I, I wouldn't have been points. Big ass dunk. You step over that man. Deal with the consequences after. You know what I mean? It's 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 the magic aren't respected. You catch a body like that, you step over whoever you have to and demand respect. That's that's the way that I'm looking at it. The other play was when uh, it, it was Killian Hayes that, you know, stole the ball from him. Paulo had a turnover, fast break, and Paulo did a chase down block. Who does that remind you of? LeBron style. That was dude. that was like, it, it was poetry emotion, man. That, that was like, dude. He Dude, timed it, it perfectly. It was literally, it was literally like, oh damn, Paolo, man, we we need a, we need to buckle down those turnovers. But then it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, I see you. And, and then and then the play right after he gets a, a dime right to RJ. So it's like exactly okay, we just saw what he can do besides scoring, besides the shot creation, which he already is insane at. That yeah, man, cool. it's 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 beautiful because like you really start to think like, damn, I I really can't believe that this is real. This is happening, right? Um. Now, kind of in regards to to that game, what's really important to note is that the household viewership of last night's game was up by 270% over the audience of last season's opener. So, okay, people are hyped about Paolo in this season for the Orlando Magic. But on top of that, Paolo dropped 27 points, 
and it's the most points scored in an NBA debut, beating out LeBron 25 back in 2003. Like, I mean, what, what more are you asking for? I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of same what? same thing here. We can't really you, – you can't go in-depth enough about it because that's not something you see all the time out of a number one pick. I mean, last year – I'm not bashing Kate. I love Kate Cunningham. Last year, Kate had like two points in his debut. Yeah. yeah. So this stuff – I mean, even from a, a lottery pick, uh, NBA, you know, a prospect that was – very, very highly touted. I don't even think we're going to see this type of stuff from Wembenyama. That might age badly in a year's time, but that's some pretty absurd stuff. Like, you're putting up MVP numbers. That's an MVP stat line. You don't see that all the time. And he did that in his first game ever. And, and I mean, to me, that it was just absurd. And you look at the stat line, I'm like, okay, there's got to be something. When I was watching the game, I didn't check on any of that stuff. Like, uh, maybe maybe he's breaking records, a magic rookie record. Maybe he put up more points than Dwight did or than Shaq did. He's putting up more points than half the league's history did in their first debut. Uh, like like you said, he's on par with LeBron and, and like Kareem and stuff. So it's like this this is historic, like you know, category that we're talking about. Like this isn't normal. I think we gotta like people are starting to really wake up. Like that that was an unreal performance. We gotta acknowledge, you know. Call it like it is. That was unreal. Yeah. yeah. So since 1969, only three number one overall picks have dropped 25 points, five rebounds, five assists in their NBA debut, which is Kareem, LeBron, and Paolo. And then just to kind of put it in perspective, Stat Muse, they, they posted something on their Twitter um, listing the last seven first overall picks in their debuts. It goes Paolo 27, 9, and 5. Cade 2.7 rebounds to assists. Anthony Edwards, 15 points, four rebounds, four assists. Zion, 22, 7, and 3. Aiden, 18, 10, and 6. Fultz, 10, 3, and 1. And then Brick Simmons, 18 points, and rebounds, five assists. So this is this is new territory, man, because people are looking at the Orlando Magic like, like this is must-see TV. Even Bill Simmons yesterday was tweeting out, like, how is this game not being aired on NBA TV right now or on ESPN? Like how how is this not national media? One, it's a great freaking game. Two is it's Paolo Bancaro, man. It's your, it's the number one pick. Paolo's must see TV, hundred percent. I mean, but you have to remember this, Anthony. We'd all much rather watch Lakers versus Kings, right? Yeah, we much <laughs> rather watch that. That makes way more watch. sense. I, I, Who doesn't want to watch the Lakers get stomped completely and LeBron and Draymond hugging out? And with that being said, not only that, but the only national televised game that we had, we found out yesterday, we will no longer have. So, you know, it's one of those things where, unfortunately, I get the reasons why. Yeah. I get the reasons why. I get it. Who does OKC have? Shay, well, Chet out the big the yeah. big deal was Paolo versus that's, Chet. Yeah, it was, it's Paolo versus the... Chet, and that's why you want to see it. But like, I don't know. Like for for me, like I, I would have liked to see a Magic Lakers. Like your 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 archetype for uh, Paolo is is LeBron James. He's one of the archetypes. So like, I, I would have liked to see that matchup. Or I would have liked to see LeBron and Paolo play for the first time. KD and Paolo for the first time. Yeah, it exactly. Yeah, especially after the whole, the whole uh, Dejounte Murray. Yeah. See, because I I thought it cooled down, but then I heard I heard them talking somewhere else. I I think it was like R.J. Hampton had him on a podcast, and I was like, he he's, this is still kind of ongoing. He didn't want to talk about it, so there's still some there's still some beef there. So I mean, they, they want to keep, tonight. They want to keep it exciting. So I'll I'll let me let me ask you, and then we'll we'll move on from the game. But um, so. Paulo wasn't the only one that did well, right? Franz had a really good game. Uh, Wendell Carter had an okay game. Bobo straight off the bench. He was one of the first players that come off the bench, and we were a little shocked by that, but he had 10.6 rebounds. Um, however, Mobamba struggled. 0.2 rebounds, one assist, 0 from 5 from the field, 0 from 4 from the three-point line. What are your thoughts on Mobamba, man? What's going on with him? That's the thing, man. Last night, especially, what killed us was the bench. So, like, the Pistons would come in, their bench would come in, and they would increase the lead. Um, 
or when we had the big lead in the first quarter, they cut into the game because the bench played really poorly. Outside of ball ball, there wasn't really much out of the bench yesterday. Um, we only saw glimpses of RJ Hampton after Marco um, Suggs fouled out in the in the fourth quarter, but before that, we didn't really see much from him. So you would think in a game like this, where hey, we're playing well, we're on the road, shorthanded without call, a guy like Mo Bamba, who's now in his fifth season, would step up and say, you know what, I got this. This is my unit now. I used to be a starter last year. Get, get me in the in, in the block. I'll get some points. Something. Unfortunately, we didn't see that. Um, so like you mentioned, no points, two rebounds, one assist, did not hit a single shot from the field. Um, body language just wasn't there uh, like it's normal, unfortunately, with Mo. It's too early to judge. We, we know that we're not doing that here today. But I will say, Mo's got to realize that off the bench, he's got to be that guy. This is your fifth year in the league. You were a starter last year. I feel, I really, really feel like Mo's is counting on him to be a leader off the bench and possibly starter with the moment somebody gets hurt in the starting lineup. That's a big guy. So he's got to be ready. Um, so not a big fan. We tweeted something about this yesterday after the game, and it kind of went a little crazy. People commenting on it and stuff. But Mo's got to be better. Um, he's got to box out. He's still struggling when the ball goes up to just find a body and box it out. Uh, he's relying on his length to get rebounds. That's not going to work. Um, unfortunately to see that, um, and really quickly on Carter Jr., eight shots taken in the game. He needs more than that. I think, uh, we cannot forget that Wendell's a beast. He can get us points. Um, he needs to be more involved. I don't like the fact that he only took eight shots. Um, I do like the fact that Suggs and Franz and Paolo got it going, but you got to find a way to also get Wendell involved. Otherwise he's going to get this courage out there and not be the same guy that we saw last year. Um, that was it. What about you, uh, Kieran? Any thoughts on Mo Bamba or the rest of the bench? Um, I mean, the bench, like you said, that was that was the pitfall again. Like I, I saw, like the plus-minus stats. Uh, guys like Caleb Houston, R.J. Hampton, Mo Bamba, they had a plus-minus of I think like negative fourteen, negative twelve in a, a four-point game. That's clearly telling. You know, something wasn't right with that bench unit. And, and it's kind of just a, a same old, same old with the Magic last season. That was our biggest issue. Our starters were perfectly capable most of the time. And then you go ahead over to the bench unit, and it was just kind of a free-for-all with, okay, who's taking the ball up, who's leading this possession. It was kind of a mishmash of, of a lot of – not not a lot, ton of spacing, not the best IQ basketball being played. So I, I think overall it's kind of a collective bench thing, but it was definitely a little disappointing to see Mo Bamba come out and start the season like that. Um, obviously, in your fifth year, you want to see some sort of improvement. You know, once you get to around year five, year six, these guys are kind of solidified in the players they're going to be for the rest of their careers, however long that career may be. You know, you're kind of already fitting in the mold. Okay, he's Obama is really not going to evolve much more into a, uh, you know, a, a, you know, he's, he's not going to be a glass beast. He's not going to bang down the post. He's just going to be a, a pick and pop big man who gets some occasional black shots, you know. And and the what, what's really discouraging about his play style is that he kind of, I'm not going to say like he brings the team down by himself, but he's not exactly you know one of the the, the leaders or, or, or he doesn't uplift the team. Like you said, the body language is very is very apparent. He doesn't really seem like he wants to be out there. Boxing out still a huge issue for him. That was a big issue I noticed last year too, and and obviously years before. He doesn't really seem ag aggressive on uh, on the glass. He 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 doesn't really play like a a seven footer should. He's kind of like if you gave, you know, like a six three shooting guard. He said, "Here, take a seven foot eleven wingspan. You can grow like eight extra inches. Go play basketball, and just expect them to know what to do." He, he kind of plays like that. He, he doesn't play like a traditional big man, which I guess in some cases for other big men, it's great. You know, you, you see that out of stuff like, you know, Chet, that's kind of what made him such a good prospect. He didn't play like traditional big man, but this is different. He's kind of not willing to adjust to that mold, to that role that you kind of need him to be playing off the bench. We have plenty of three-point shooting in Caleb Houston, Gary Harris, Chumo Kiki. It would be nice to have the one of those rim runners, one of those, you know, glass beasts, you know, you know, playing the post, just, you know, utilize your, your physical gifts. And it doesn't seem like he's been doing that. So, but again, this is kind of like the same, same story. We've heard this before stuff like Aaron Gordon, 
I'm not saying it's time, you know, give up and push the cards and trade him out. We obviously just signed an extension. They're kind of committed to him, not exactly long-term, but semi-long-term. So we'll just kind of keep writing out the experiment, keep seeing what we're going to get out of it, you know, seeing how he's going to gel with the bench unit. Maybe, you know, Markel and Cole coming back, um, that will help him get his reps in. But, yeah, not the most encouraging start for him. Wendell Carter, I'm not exactly concerned about. He just needs to increase the shot diet. That's really all. So, yeah, just basic same stuff kind of that we've been seeing. Magic fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, so tip off the new season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app now, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Give it a shot tonight against the Hawks or tomorrow for the home opener against the Celtics. DraftKings is where you need to go to make it happen. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN and make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, it's just tough because this is a this was a game that the Magic really needed. Like we we need to be able to beat a team like the Detroit Pistons if we're really serious um, about making the play in tournament. And you can blame it on a lot of different factors. Yeah, our bench was terrible. Um, our rebounding wasn't really there for us. We really struggled with it all night. And then we're missing a lot of players. Gary Harris, Cole Anthony was out with an illness. Uh, we were really left for Jalen Suggs, who's not a point guard, um, and Point Franz. But it's like, man, we we really, really need to take advantage of these things. And, you know, we, we didn't get it done today, but it's like, all right, so we're going to have to steal one against a really, really solid team um, to be able to make sure that we're, we're really serious about this season and making noise. And we, we can only do that if we start, you know, really taking advantage of these teams, especially when these games are away. Um, but kind of shifting forward a little bit, um, Kevin Durant on on his um, platform that he has, the boardroom, uh, an, another individual talking positive and highly about the Orlando Magic, um, really starting off talking about Paolo and how, you know, he's a player that can really do a lot of different things. He can play a point forward if he really wants to. He can pass, he can shoot, he has a big body. And then he complimented the Orlando Magic by saying that, you know, they're, we're, we're big, um, the team is extremely long, um, and, and we're going to be a, a tough matchup when you hear a player like Kevin Durant, who regardless of how you feel about KD, Al, he is, he is a player that is, is considered one of the best players in the world. Um, you know, how, how do you receive those compliments? Is it, is it a shift? Is it a change? Is it, what, what are you taking from, from all this positivity that the magic have been receiving? I mean, you think about the comments made by LeBron a few years back, right, about the, about the city of Orlando. Think about Draymond Green always attacking Orlando. Um, so to kind of hear guys Kyle like KD, Kuzma. Kyle, Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma, to hear a guy like KD who carries such a big so, voice in the NBA, um, you got to simply respect it and, and be simply um, excited about the fact that guys like this are talking positively about the magic. I mean, it carries, right? So if he's saying this, I guarantee you saw also uh, who was it that talked about the practice facility? Um, Desmond Bain. He Desmond Bain. The tweet. Yeah. Talking about the magic practice facility. It's like, hey, we need something like this. Whoa, so, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't see that. Oh, man. What? You didn't know about this? I didn't see that. Why yeah. is when they released, when Why is this not a topic, Al? Why did we not introduce <laughs> like our agenda? No, nah, like two months it. ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, the whole point I'm trying to make is that when you have guys that have all-star potential, really talented players talking positively about the magic, it carries, right? Because that means they're talking about it in the locker room. 
They're about to come and play us. They're talking about it. Like, hey, man, they got France. They got Paolo. They got a really, really tall team. We got to be ready for them. It's not a joke anymore. It carries. And what I mean by that is next offseason when we have money to spend, if some of these guys, not saying KD, but any of these other guys around the NBA who may be hearing these things, think about, hey, Orlando may not be a bad place to go play. That's what you want to hear. That's the type of momentum that you want to see this team carrying into the future. Um, because at some point, we've talked about this before, we're going to consolidate, we're going to trade for a star or, or someone that can take us to the next level or sign them via free agency. And you need that momentum being positive around the team. I think we have that being built up right now. Um, so great things. I mean, I, I, I want to keep hearing this from the media, ESPN, Fox News, all this kind of stuff. Talk positive about the Magic. Say good things about the Magic because the more that happens, the more of a positive outcome we have in the future. Yeah. So now, now let me ask you, when you look at a player like Kevin Durant, who says these things, do you feel like this adds value to the Orlando Magic for the future? Like when you say that, so we, we kind of compare ourselves to the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Where this is a year that, you know, we, we can we can make a jump. Right, very similar to what the Cavs did. The Cavs went from being one of the worst teams in the NBA to now, you know, almost making it into the playoffs. But now, with these comments by Kevin Durant, Bill Simmons, all these other people, do you feel like there's a shift now? Do you feel like the Magic are now more respected? We've we're only one game in, but do you feel like is it's officially changed, or do you still think yeah. that the Magic have a lot more to prove? I, I think I think it's changed. Like I, I mean, I, I still think you still have to make that leap. It has to be you know physical. You know, people have to see it for themselves. But I still think that it's it's pretty obvious that that's going to happen very much sooner than later. And I don't think that applies just for the Magic. I think that applies for you know teams like Detroit also, where you're seeing you know they've gone through a couple years of rebuild. You kind of built the pieces, the right pieces around. You have the two guys you want to build around. Now you can really have fun with it and experiment. And when there's teams like Indiana and Washington who are, you know, doing putting out blatant tank stories about Miles Turner and Chris Das Porzingis, I'm sure you guys saw that. That gives us a, a real opportunity. The the window is open. It's wide open. All we got to do is actually just fight for it. Oh, Charlotte! I forgot to mention Charlotte. Um, there's these teams that are just being completely blatant about it, and now we have a real chance to to make that shift. And I, I think about it. Let me ask you this. When you saw Magic versus Pistons, to say this as a completely unbiased fan, like you're just an NBA fan, if you see Magic Pistons on the TV, you're just a casual fan. Are you turning that on last year before Paolo, before Ivy, before Dern? Probably not. You're probably no. not. If you see it this year, the stuff you've seen about Paolo, Paolo stuff you've seen about Ivy, Kay's a bigger name now, you're turning that game on. You know, It's not more of a joke like, oh, I'm watching the Magic versus Pistons, pray for me. It's, I'm yeah. watching the Magic versus Pistons. This is a great game. It's changed like that. So I, I think it, it's kind of just a, a shift, not from just the Magic standpoint, from teams totally, because you saw Washington was making the plan. You saw uh, Charlotte was making the plan last year. I don't see that happening again. And I see us, I see Detroit probably making that shift, making that sort of swap our way to the top, their way to the bottom. So I think I think there is a certain amount of respect that we're gaining around the league that comes with that. So I, I, I agree. I think there has been a shift. It just has to be actualized. Yeah, and I think that you kind of what you want is, you know, the teams after playing the Orlando Magic, they're like, all right, like the Magic, they're they're legit. Like if this let's say that we don't make the play in. At the very least, I want every game to be like that. If we're going to lose a bunch of games then at least like make it competitive down to the wire and show teams that we we are able to compete. I think at the at the end of the day that's that has to be one of the most important things. The effort has to be there. Like we need to try and win. Um kind of moving forward before we wrap this episode up. Devin Kennedy, man. Devin Kennedy has been waived by the Orlando Magic. Uh we we were able to see everyone knew way in advance a night before um before he got waived, when there was a clip showing at the end of the preseason game where, you know, he shared a moment with Coach Mose and they were kind of, 
you know, they nudge head and head and you kind of knew, all right, this is, that, that was, that was a little, that was an abnormal interaction where it kind of seemed as, as if that was going to be the last moment for Devin Kennedy and Al, you and I, we kind of talked about it. I'm like, man, if I'm Devin and I, and I get cut, like, I'm not trying to go back to the Lakeland magic. We we've already tried this path for how many different years. And now this is my opportunity. I, I got a multi-year contract and, you know, you got players like Caleb and, and Bobo that, that made the roster and there's really no space for me. Like if I'm, if I'm him realistically, it's time to move on. It's time to find another another path because this path is is I've maximized all I possibly could, and that that really was the case. You know, Devin Kennedy ended up coming out uh, with a thank you Orlando video that that he made on his YouTube and released it, and it really felt like it was over. And we just got the communication not too long ago that the Lakeland Magic ended up trading Devin Kennedy to the Lakers. Um, you know, G League. So, what are your what are your thoughts on that, Al? Um, obviously, we're not you and I. We we've talked about it. We're not happy about the decision. We we felt that a team that um, desperately needed help in the shooting department really needs shooters. Um, obviously, a team like the Lakers, also based on LeBron's comments, also really needs some shooters. But what are your thoughts on on the move? I mean, um, <clears throat> if you're a fan of the podcast, you've been listening to us, watching us. You know how I feel about Kennedy. I think it's a it's a great fit. Kid was great in the locker room. Uh, embraced the city of Orlando. Wanted to be here. But most importantly, the kid can shoot the ball. And if you think back about the Magic since 2016, at the very least, we cannot, for whatever reason, acquire a shooter. We cannot add that piece to our team. And it finally felt like, hey, we got this kid in the G League who won a championship, was a finals MVP, suffered a massive injury, and still found a way to make it back to the team. And then you rewarded him with a multi-year contract. And still, after all of that, the kid goes to training camp and gets cut. Um, it's unfortunate that that happened uh, for him. Again, it came down to just simply roster decisions. What can you do? You're not going to waive Terrence Ross or trade him for nothing. You're not going to waive ball ball the way that he played in, in preseason. Um, Caleb Houston played amazing in preseason. So unfortunately, all the cards that were dealt did not favor Devin Kennedy in the situation. Um, seems like it's all going to pay off for him, though, because going to the Lakers, like you mentioned, Anthony, if he goes to the Lakers, they need shooting badly. And if I think if they give this kid a chance to play alongside AD, Westbrook, and LeBron, all he has to do is shoot up in threes all day, he's going to make a killing. My fear is... All the national attention, all the national media will know who Devin Kennedy is. He's going to get a contract in the near future and make it the NBA as a shooter. That's your that's fear? Why. My fear in the sense that's that... Your, that's your fear? No, no, wait, wait. My fear in the sense that Orlando did it again. Okay. We had a shooter in our possession. You think about Seth Curry, you think about Joe Harris, and we let it go. Um, so for that's him... Why, that's why I like I like the post that, that he had about... Yep. Um, the the Seth picture Curry. of Seth Curry in an Orlando Magic jersey, yeah. Just because look at Seth now, and I feel like if you're going to mimic one player, that's a it. path. Devin Kennedy reminds me a lot of Seth Curry in certain aspects, yeah. and oh. he's he's a player that we would I would love Seth Curry on the Magic right now. So that's my thing. Like that's what 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 kind of sucks, you know? For him, I'll be thrilled if this kid can go to the Lakers, play well, make it into the NBA, get himself a, a nice contract. Heck, you know, I'm a big fan of his. We had him on the podcast. Great, great individual. But, I mean, unfortunately, the Magic had that chance, too. Um, now, will I say that I'd rather have him over anyone else in our roster right now? That's kind of hard to say. Um, the only thing I'm kind of doubtful about is a two-way contract. Did you keep him instead of maybe Schofield or maybe Kayvon Harris? I don't know. I don't know. That, I'm not there making the part, decisions. That's a part that's tough because we've we've already gotten to a point where Devin has already graduated from that. Yeah, he was our two way player, and then we offered him a multi year contract. I, I I would I don't know. They to me it doesn't even feel right demoting him and giving <laughs> him a two way. Like it it just it doesn't. Obviously the the Magic really really like Schofield. We like Kevon. Like we we like those players. I like those players. I like Devin more, but I like those players. But it to me, it just wouldn't feel right. Give him a two-year contract, and then you 
you know, put them back to a two way. Like it, it's it, in my opinion, it's a good decision that he decided um, that it was it was time. And I and I think that from the way that the trade looked, like it looked like that was more his decision more so than anything. Yeah, of course. And I'm pretty sure he thought what you thought. I've tried this for more than three years now. Why keep trying the same thing? Like it's not going to change in a year from now. So I wish him all the best. Uh, I think he'll do great. I hope the Lakers give him a chance because they really need a shooter out there that, that can just simply hit open shots. And if that happens, watch out, man, because playing in front of ESPN and TNT cameras all the time, he's going to become a household name and he's going to be just fine. Yeah, and and listen, he's been playing around a lot of not good Orlando Magic teams for a good amount of years. And it's just tough because now that we have something really solid going that he didn't get to see the 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 fruits and in, in the baskets from it. So, I don't know, man, it's it's tough. Like I wish there was really space for him here. Um, but you know, it's he's he's definitely someone that a lot of people are are going to keep an eye on. Even when they I, I can't remember who it was, maybe it was Mark Stein, somebody, uh, somebody in the uh, a big name in the national media, they were talking about the magic, you know, acquiring or excuse me, the the Lakers G League acquiring him. And they it wasn't just, you know, Devin Kennedy from the Lakeland Magic. It was it was like fan favorite Lakeland Magic from the Lakeland Magic, Devin Kennedy. Like really, really popular player from the team. Like, you know, this was a player that was really, really liked amongst um, the Orlando area, and, and it definitely showed. Yeah, now he was he was definitely one of those those guys that you know, you I mean, you guys had him on the pod. You guys talked to him. He, he's very willing to just kind of share his his thoughts with how how his NBA experience is, what it's like, you know, going through the ups and downs. I mean, he had he had a pretty you know, a, a rough start to his NBA career. You talk about that that horrible injury he had right when he got called up. He played a, a very small amount of games with us that 2019-2020 season, had a, a nasty injury, went down, and then couldn't play for a while, went back in Lakeland. And then when we re-signed him again before this year, I really thought that that was, you know, that was going to be a – not long term, but sort of like you know, we'll keep him around. We'll, we'll test this experiment out, and I just feel like you know, with with the the emergence of Bull Bull, Caleb Houston's playing good. Like he said, Al, that it kind of just didn't it didn't add up the amount of space that we had left on this team with with what we saw in preseason, with what we saw in stuff like summer league. It's like you know, you do wish him the best. I I really hope that you know he really carves out a role for himself in L.A. Lord knows they need shooting. I mean. God, I don't even want to get into that. He'll he'll definitely be their best spot up shooter day one if he does get called up. Hoping he does. Um, but it, it just it was sort of like the right place, wrong time. He he, he was he was a, a he was kind of meant for Orlando for those those years that he was here. He was kind of that guy you needed to sort of rally the community, just be that that semi veteran presence. He hasn't been in the league too long, but he's still he has that 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 leadership that championship pedigree from lakeland that you you, you kind of look up to him he, he's got to be a role model for these young guys so it, it does make it a, a bit of a bittersweet um you know removal seeing that he's going to la hopefully he does get called up hopefully he does get a bigger role than he did here um bigger contract we wish the best for him completely so um but yeah just a, a bittersweet moment in general yeah he's he's definitely going to find a home somewhere it's only a matter of time all right kind of taking a look at this week ahead so karen i'm I'm gonna give you the the names of the teams that we're we're playing um this next week i want you to tell me who you think is the game of the week and then your prediction for that game so we have tonight at atlanta saturday home opener versus boston monday new york and then wednesday cleveland cleveland I, I want to say Atlanta just because of the whole DeJounte stuff. I want to say Atlanta tonight. You love the drama. But if it's at if it's at New York, if it's at New York, I say that's our game. You saw how we play at New York last year. I mean, come on, man. And we got Cole back. Cole always goes off in New York. That, that's <laughs> New York Cole. I'm thinking that's probably going to be the game, the game of the yeah. week. I'm saying we win. Like, I know you want to Paulo's going to go off in Madison Square Garden. That's right. I'm saying Paulo it's 30 40. 
Paulo's dropping forty. I mean, even better. I'll take that. I'll take that. But right. that, that, that's what I think. I think. I think we're gonna take that one. I think we we always kill them in their home. So I'll take it. I think that's gonna be the game of the week. Though. All right. So you got you got Knicks and you got a W over the Knicks. What about you, Al? I think we went tonight against the Hawks. Um, tough game. Not gonna lie, that's gonna be a tough game. But I think we pull it off. And oh man, I really want the home opener. I really want this Magic fans. I have been dying to to see this new squad and Paolo in Orlando see a win against a really good Celtics team. Let's see. They do play tonight also. The Celtics do in Miami, so they're going to be in the second night of back to back as well. They're also flying into Orlando to get ready for that game. So let's see. Maybe maybe the excitement. Uh, carries the young guys to a win here against the Celtics. So I would love to see back-to-back wins. Hawks, Celtics. Um, Kieran talked about Monday already in New York, so let's see what happens there. Um, but I would love to see at least a two-and-two two week. I don't want to see us go, you know, into a lot of losing here because it's going to be hard to bounce back from that. Yeah, an MSG game is going to be fun to watch, but I got Boston being the game of the week. Home opener. You already know that, you know, the Magic Arena is going to be, you know, Amway is going to be filled with a bunch of Boston Celtics fans. So it's going to be interesting to see what that dynamic looks like now with the team that we have where there's way more hype around Paolo Bancaro. Um, And you talk about, uh, you know, Boston being in the NBA Finals last year. And if, you, if you're able to edge out a win against Boston, like you think about the, the message that that kind of sends out, like the – like this, this young Orlando Magic team just beat Boston, and it's going to make waves. And people are going to really like we we talked earlier in this episode about people talking differently about the Orlando Magic. This is one of the ways where that really sticks around for a long period of time. Like you lost against the the Detroit Pistons, you know, away a game that you should have won. How about beating Boston Celtics at home? That's a that's a good way to even those out. So I I got yeah. I got I got. Game of the week being against Boston, and I say that we we take that game. I have a good feeling about that game. As long as Cole Anthony is healthy and no longer sick. Cole Anthony is yeah, playing. Yeah, we need him. We need him. I don't even know what happened with that. I'm just going to assume he had bubble guts. That's what I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> he got a little, <laughs> a little too much dairy. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, so a lot to look forward, uh, lot to look forward to this week ahead. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, Atlanta, Boston, New York, and Cleveland. On that note, that's a wrap. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.